Good evening, everyone. My name is Father Benedict Mary. I'm a Franciscan friar of the Holy Spirit. It is a privilege and a joy to be here with you tonight. I like coming to the Newman Center. Thank you, Father Matt. During this time of Lent, the friars are up at San Francisco de Assis giving a parish mission. And in order to just enjoy all of the Catholic Flagstaff world, of course, we have to come to the Newman Center and pay a visit. And of course, invite you to the mission. There is perhaps no more perfect harmony in the church's calendar. There are equally perfect, but maybe not more perfect than this first Sunday of Lent. And this particular reading of Jesus being tempted in the desert, he's going out to be tempted. And, and it's a, a wonderful thing because we human beings experience various kinds of temptation and anxieties and difficulties. And perhaps there is no more anxious of a group of people on earth than college students. So it's like the right place at the right time with the right scripture. Praise Jesus. Jesus goes out into the desert because the Holy Spirit sends him there. Why? Well, we know in the beginning of the whole story of man and the redemptive story, Adam and Eve were in paradise. And when they started getting into it with the devil, they lost everything. And they went from paradise into the wilderness. So Jesus went out into the wilderness to win back what was lost. He went out there to get back for us what we can't get for ourselves. Came to do battle. Now, as young people, you know, in, in this world of Netflix and cable TV and Avengers movies and Batman and all these things, doing battle has a very glamorous and exciting um, sort of way about it. We like the, the images of St. Michael with his head, with the head of the enemy being stomped. Or the Blessed Virgin Mary stomping on the serpent is also another. It's physical. We like the idea of physical battle. I know uh, whenever I was in seminary, me and Father Anthony, who you'll meet on Thursday, or if you come up to the mission, you'll meet him sooner. We went to seminary with a guy from Sweden. He was a Franciscan. He's actually, interestingly enough, the first Franciscan priest ordained from Sweden in Sweden since the Reformation. Kind of cool. But he was a member of the Arctic Patrol, which is like special forces. So he, he learned all these combat training things. And he was a certified trainer in Krav Maga. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, it's a combat martial art. And, and his name was Stefan. And we were really interested in learning a little bit about it because it just seemed cool. You know, we like the Rocky movies, and, you know, combat movies. And so like, well, why don't you show us a few things? And he said, okay. And, you know, he's like, okay, attack me. And, you know, I was a little bit rusty in my physical assaulting of other human beings. <laughs> but I, I went after him, and, and it was like almost immediately he had me like upside down by my nose. And it's like, this is not cool at all, and it, doesn't, it does not feel good, and I don't feel like I learned anything here except not to attack you. And the thing about that particular kind of martial art is it, it really doesn't have rules. Because it's about surviving. It's about eliminating your enemy and living and getting the heck out of there. It was a good lesson because it, it doesn't look like the Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles or, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever else you think is cool. Because that's the coolest stuff you guys think, right? 
The devil's out to kill you, to destroy your soul forever. And there are no rules. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that he's going to do that you can like train up for so you can go in there and go fist to fist with him. He wants to absolutely destroy you. Now, the good thing is you have someone to protect you. And one of the things about Krav Maga, like an honest thing, is no matter how much of an expert in it you are, like if somebody has like a katana sword, you're at a disadvantage. Like they have a weapon. And, and the Lord has given us a weapon, which is the word of God or the sword of the spirit. And Jesus shows us here the way we can live out this war that we're in with the enemy. And we know that Jesus says that we're going to be contending with the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The world is all the circumstances and situations and pressures in the world we live in. The flesh is just good old me. And the devil is himself. And he will actually try to pull strings in the world and the flesh to mess with you. And we see a perfect example of that right here in today's readings. Jesus went out to win back what was lost. And when he's out there after fasting for 40 days, he was hungry. Naturally, you're probably hungry right now. But Jesus was really hungry. And so the devil showed up and tempted him in the flesh. And all of us get tempted in our appetites. You know, when we're weakest in our appetites, when perhaps it's hunger or lust or envy or fear or any anxiety, just the visceral aspects of life, that's a great time for the devil to attack. And a lot of times he attacks us right in our identity. It's like, why is this happening to you? If you have a, a connection with God, aren't you supposed to be happy? Isn't it supposed to be blessed? Isn't it supposed to be wonderful? And that's what he does with Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, if you really are, he attacks him in his identity. And when we're struggling in the flesh, the identity is a great place to attack us. And the devil does this. And you know, when we're struggling in the flesh and then in our identity, trying to war against the devil in our head is probably a place where we're going to get held upside down by our nose. But if we use the weapon of the sword, like Jesus shows us here, he just speaks one word of scripture. He says, one does not live on bread alone. Boom. Cuts out the power of the enemy. It eliminates him. He speaks it forth and something changes. And that temptation is void. It's powerless. And the devil loses power. He actually loses authority to Jesus in that moment because of the way Jesus speaks forth the truth in Scripture. So the flesh is of no avail against Jesus. So then the devil tries to use worldly allure. The flesh didn't work and now worldly allure. He takes him up on the temple and shows him all of the stuff that Adam lost. And he said, look, I know your mission here is to get all this back. I know what you're trying to do is win back what Adam lost. And I can just give it to you. You don't even have to struggle, man. Let me just hand over to you all the power. Let me just give it to you. All you have to do is worship me. And Jesus, using the same technique, speaks forth the truth, the word of God. And he says, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. And that temptation is void, powerless, 
And the devil himself loses the authority that he got from Adam. It's taken from him. And he's frightened in this moment. So he actually now tries to just come straight at Jesus. And he goes, oh, you like scripture. Okay, well, I'm a, I was an angel of light. I, I know the truth about God as good as anybody. And here, let me just throw two scriptures at you. I'm going to throw two verses at you. He says, if you're the son of God, then God's going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about anything. So why don't, why don't you uh, throw yourself down? And, and, you know, the word of God says that his angels will protect you and guard you. And with their hands, they'll support you. Now, you can use words of scripture to tell a lie. Jesus is the truth. And no lie can triumph over he who is the truth. And the word of God is a person, not just ink on a page. And so Jesus speaks the truth again and speaks the appropriate, accurate truth of Scripture to the situation. And this is where we, brothers and sisters, need Holy Mother Church to guide us. Because it's very easy to get tripped up whenever somebody's throwing a lot of scriptures or a lot of religious concepts at us. And we can become confused. The devil can confuse us in our spiritual thinking and in our, our religious sentiments and even become superstitious or fearful or, or scrupulous. And the church helps us to be in this place that Jesus is in where we can accurately understand the word of God and cut out that temptation. And here we see that through the utterance of truth, the speaking forth of the word of God, the power of God is made manifest and neutralizes the attacks of the devil. Again, when we try to war against the devil's tactics with positive thinking alone, we get ground down to a nub. And God has made us distinct from every other being on earth in that we are able to speak forth in power. You know it in your own lives. If you go to someone and say, I am sorry for offending you or hurting you, and they say, I forgive you, something happens and if they don't say, I forgive you, it doesn't happen. There's a power released. It's called a performative utterance. In fact, in the mass, we have several of them. The Lord be with you. That's performative. Something happens. And you say back, something happens. It's not just a nice greeting. In fact, whenever we speak forth the peace of Jesus Christ, that's where it goes forth. And then the handshake is a sign of what got spoken forth. The speaking is where the power is. And our sacramental system is even built on this. You bring me a baby. We're going to have scrutinies here. People preparing to come into the church. And there will be words spoken over them for blessing and liberation. And on the day of their baptism, if we pour water over their head, but we don't say the words, nothing happens. Spiritually. If you come to confession and make the best confession of your life, and I look at you and I think, man, I like this person. God, I really want you to forgive them. And I just sit there and stare at you. And I'm like, okay, you can go. It doesn't happen. Even if I hold up my hand and go like this, I have to say the words. And on this altar, there's bread in here right now, and it's just bread. And there's wine in here right now, and it's just wine right now. But once the word is spoken and the power is released, everything changes. And you are made in the image and likeness of him who spoke forth all creation. 
And if you want to know how to war against your temptations, against the world, the flesh, the devil, don't enter into some kind of even kill hand-to-hand combat with him. Use what has been given to you and speak it forth. Speak the word of God forth over your life. Parents, bless your children. Friends, speak truth to each other and be careful what you say because every word has weight in eternity. And when you speak with the word of God, it's different than any other way of speaking. So this is a lot of what we're going to talk about on the retreat up in San Francisco de Assis. And if you want to hear more about it, come on up. It's in the mornings and in the evenings. It's in the bulletin. But again, we ask you, Holy Spirit, who drove Jesus into the desert and had him win back for us what is in your plan for us to have. We pray that you would empower us now that we might receive the word of God more deeply in our heart and speak it forth in our lives for your glory. Amen.